to be here tonight to see all my friends get it out here. Sorry that I'm fixing to leave you for a little while, but I'm thankful for this opportunity. I want to take the time now to thank sponsors of this meeting, Mr. McDowell, the McDowell Electric Company, and Mr. McSpadden of the Sixth Street Market, Mr. Marvin, and the others who are sponsored this meeting. I come home the other day from Kansas City, and there were signs over the streets and people passing circles in the, the city, and I thought, well, we're going to have a meeting here. Then I thank them. I thank the principal of this school for this splendid cooperation he's given to us and these men here. They let us have this gymnasium tonight to have this farewell service. My little church is not quite large enough. I thank them and all the janitors always had anything to do with this service. I want to thank you. And Kind of warm in here tonight. We've got a real warm reception here. And if the Lord is willing, in the morning I leave for the St. Nicholas Arena in New York City for five nights. And from there, my next meeting is in Southern Rhodesia, Africa, South Africa. We go from there to Northern Africa and from there to India and to Palestine. We'll be back home, the good Lord will, the first of next year. And I was talking to the principal of the school a few weeks ago, which told me that when I returned, that we could have the big gym over there for a real meeting sometime. Would you appreciate that? Let's give him a thank you very much. Thank you. I've always wanted to have one of our meetings here at home. There's something about home that, be it ever so humble, there's no place like it is to home. I'm always been more or less a rolling stone, as they call it, crossing around over the country. But some of the happiest times of my life when I hear them call in the plane, fashion seat belts, we're over Louisville. Now that's. That's nice, and I like that. I think anyone does come back home. My work for the Lord has been evangelistic, and I'm perhaps will be until he calls me home. Now, I want to ask how many of you here will pray for me while I'm gone, where I can just hear you. Oh, that is very fine. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It seems to be my lot now to go into the tribes down in South Africa, helping the missionaries and so forth down in there. I trust it will be a great blessing to many. Now, being it's so warm in here, I try not to speak to you very long. Just want to speak a little on the subject of divine healing, and then we're going to have a, a prayer line tonight and pray for some of the sick. I've never had but one healing service. That was up at the tabernacle about two years ago. 
and it was so bad the people standing in the rain and things. So these businessmen of the city said they would uh, see about getting the auditorium if I could come down here. So I told them that I would be glad to do it. And we're sorry now. I see we're standing in the hall and up down the street outside. So we we thought maybe that maybe it wouldn't be quite so many to come out. This little gym would take care of it. But the next time we'll have the big one over on the other side. And I'd like to really want to come back maybe to have five or six nights here in the city for a campaign. <coughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Makes me feel real good to be home and see people applaud for you they come in for service. And many times years ago going up and down the street here as a little lad I, I never thought that I would have the opportunity to travel for our Lord but he is so blessed with services so well he went internationally now around the world and this is my second trip across and I I trust it will this time will mean more than the other last time I was in Finland Sweden England all through the Scandinavian countries, down to France and Belgium, Scotland, Ireland. There was literally hundreds, hundreds and thousands of people attended the meeting, sometimes as many as 40,000 at a time, one single gathering. And there were so many meetings and things taking place that it would be almost numerous to, to speak on. Now, I was just thinking of, <clears throat> just before leaving, I was in Houston, Texas, having a, a meeting there when the I was called to South Africa to fly down and to visit a Miss Florence Nightingale. She's a, a granddaughter of the late Florence Nightingale, which is the founder of the Red Cross. Many of you know it of Florence Nightingale. And this is one of her granddaughters. She's a noted woman in South Africa. She had a cancer. And the cancer was in the stomach, and nothing could be done. They got too much of a hold on her before she realized it. A cancer is more or less deceitful, and she just found out she didn't want to eat very much. She just kept closing off, and when they opened her up, it was impossible to perform the operation, so they just laid her back uh, to die and uh, closed up the, the mouth of the stomach until she, or the empty, where the stomach empties into the intestinal tract. They closed up there until she couldn't uh, eat at all. They fed her glucose and different ways through her veins until they couldn't feed no more. And then they just had to wait for the death to come. And she sent me a picture, and it's one of the most horrible-looking sights that I ever seen of a human being. I thought, at the time looking at it, it was more thinner than... And the little Georgie Carter, she's probably here tonight. She weighed 35 pounds when she was healed. She'd been in England, laying in the bed for nine years and eight months. Hadn't moved off of her back for nine years and eight months. A tuberculosis case. And one by vision went down to which she lives at Milltown, Indiana. And there went in and prayed for her. And our Lord healed her. And she's never been to bed since for nothing but just to go to bed at night. She's perfectly normal and well. A piano player at the Milltown Baptist Church at this time. I wonder if George is in the building tonight, could testify or just stand up, just raise your hand, Miss Carter, if you're here. Usually, she's, usually, I guess uh, she isn't. Uh, oh, here she is, yes. Let's say praise the Lord and move away. Just raise your hand. Like this. 
nine years and eight months without raising from the dead. She weighed practically 35 pounds. And there was a lady here, I forget just what her name is now. I think it's Weaver. She was a patient of some noted uh, surgeons in the country here. And can you hear me out there? I think the microphone has gone off somewhere. <laughs> All right, now that's better. I can hear the... <laughs> Maybe I got something crossed up here. All right. And this Mrs. Weaver was just merely bones. Her doctor had given her until the next day to live. And she was so thin that she couldn't raise her hand hardly for me to shake her hand. While praying for her, the Holy Spirit spoke and told her she's going to be a well person. And I wonder if Mrs. Weaver is sitting present now. Miss Weaver, would you stand up, the one that was healed with cancer in such an awful condition? Are you present now that she could stand inside? Wave your hand to wherever you are. I can't see so many fans perhaps waving if Mrs. Weaver is near. Here's her sister sitting here, yes. Uh, right, where, is she, where is she at? Is she she at home. You're a witness of the case. Let's say thank the Lord for, for that. Miss Mar Mrs. Margie Marvin, 21 years graduate nurse, with cancer that was dying in a hospital in Louisville where the God's servants, the doctors, had done all they could do for her, and she was brought over to the house. Her husband just brought me in tonight and said, I don't know whether they're in the building or not. His 90-year-old dad. I wonder if she's close to Miss Marvin, if she could raise up somewhere as a witness of the Lord's grace and power to him. Out all the way outside. Oh, here she is standing on the door. Open your hand again. She's skin bones. Look at her now. From, from some of the most noted surgeons in the country had given her up as a hopeless dying. And there she is now in perfect health. Prayer changes things. And this Mrs. Florence Nightingale, it was a similar case to any of those three. There's more sitting here, but I just won't have time to get it. Of different ones in the country here, which is infallible testimony of the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And so this this Mrs. Nightingale, when my wife saw her picture, she started weeping. We laid the picture on the floor and began praying. And I said, Heavenly Father, if you will heal this dear person, it'll be a go-like for me to go to Africa. And I just committed it to the Lord, and I was called to King George of England to pray for him with those moral cirrhosis. I understand by the radio today that he's got some kind of lung trouble now. And on my road over, when we stopped at the International Airport, just out of London, I heard them page me and I seen all the guard out. And when I went up there, some of the the church men from the high church there came and told me, said, Miss Florence Nightingale had just come in ahead of me here in a plane from South Africa and said, we think she's dying. We can't get her out of the plane. Said, will you come pray for her? And I said, well, I couldn't wind my way through that crowd of people. There were probably, I think they judged around 26,000 people. And I said, 
how could I ever get to her? I said, you take her to your house, and we're going down to Buckingham Palace, we're going to Westminster Abbey, and then back up to Piccadilly Hotel. I said, you call me, and I'll go over to, and pray with her. And I didn't get in that day. And the next day, they called me, and Christian friends, one of the most pathetic sights that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime, I witnessed it then. As many of you boys here was in the services in the last war, England, their houses are up over the business, and I was taken up to a lovely home where two nurses was waiting on this Mrs. Nightingale, and when I went in, there were several ministers there, four of my managers went with me, and when we entered into the room, I tell you, I, I never seen anything quite like it, even with these women here, Mrs. Carter back there, who was probably lighter in weight, but she's a smaller girl. This girl would have weighed, she'd have been five foot six or seven inches tall, but probably weighed in a normal weight, 150 or 16 pounds, maybe 170, tall, lanky, like woman. And there she was until she withered away. Now, this is a mixed audience, and I'm sure you'll regard me as your brother. To, uh, in her body in here, there was no more to it. The, her bosom, her breast had sunk down in beneath her ribs, and when they pulled the sheet off of her, while her, she was so thin till the, the skin through the ring of her hip here had come together, and where she was crying, I couldn't hear what she was saying. Some of the nurses got down real low, and she said, tell Brother Brandon I want to shake his hand. And when I took a hold, they raised that arm up, and I took a hold of those bones, you'll never know what a feeling went through. A mortal in that condition. And the nurse, though she wanted something else, and I got down close, and so I couldn't understand her. And the nurse told me, she said, tell Brother Branham to ask God to let me die. I, I can't go like this. And she just withered away. And I couldn't ask for to die if she prayed so hard. And she told God, she said, if I can, if, if I can just want him to let me come down and pray for her. And she said, if I had ever prayed for her, she knows she'd get well. And such gallant faith like that. And then when I met her, to ask her that God to let her die, that was more than what I thought would be right. And I said to her, I said, Sister, I can't ask God to let you die. Let us kneel and pray. And usually in England, it's foggy, without an island light, and the window was up. And I'll never forget this experience. I knelt down to pray, and I, those ministers all knelt around, and I started praying. I said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And just as it said that, a little turtle dove flew at the window and began to walk up and down the cell, sill of the window, going, Coo, coo, coo. And all the time I was praying, he walked back and forth up and down the, the sill of the window. Then when I said, Amen, the little fellow spread his wings and flew away. Those ministers raised up and said, Did you notice? And before I could say anything, the Spirit of the Lord came and told her that she'd be well. And I've got her pictures now after eight months. I just happened to bring it tonight because that was my go life to Africa, and she really got the country on fire. There came to be 100,000 people at the first meeting. Here's her picture just before I prayed for her. Can you see it back there? I guess it's kind of hard. 
I might have one of the ushers, if they will, to walk over here and take this picture and just make a little round down through there. Now, I, when I seen her, it was eight weeks after this. They were speeding her blue course and so forth. And then here's her picture as today. Miracle. Uh, that Miss Florence Nightingale. Her great grandmother was the founder of the Red Cross. Uh, a really a noted woman. That uh, Teddy son, would you come get this one also, if you will, and take it right along? Just walk down the aisles and turn sideways. To see it. It's been a long time, my dear friend, uh, here in Jeffersonville. Probably no doubt at all, but a few years ago that some of the people thought I'd mentally slipped when I began to speak of God being the same yesterday, today, and forever. In my heart, there was something that anchored there that I could not get away from. And I know that someday God would give me the privilege to prove that that was right because it is the Scripture. And today I am very happy to be in my hometown with a divine vindication of the truth that universally known that the statement that I have made concerning our Lord Jesus is the truth that God has testified to be the truth. Don't never be weary in well-doing, for you will certainly reap in due season if you faint not. Always do that which is right. And whatever that God has said in his book, you believe that. For you can hang your soul on any faith of the word of God. You believe that, don't you? Now, whatever he has promised in the word, that God will do. For God is under obligation to his word. Now, it could go on for hour after hour. But you have children. They're standing on the streets. They're in the aisles and outside. And I, I want to get into the healing service. And before that, I want to speak a little bit on the principles of divine healing before we have a healing meeting. But now, if I never return from Africa, I have no assurance of it. But if I never return back, my Christian friends, I have been truthful and been faithful. And I have served God and I've done the best that I know how. And I appreciate your all's prayers. Many of you here prayed day and night for me. And because that I have been able to do these things for my Lord, by His grace, it's been because you have helped me up before the throne of God in prayer. That's the cause of it. I appreciate it, my dear mothers and dads, with all my heart. I'll never forget you. And now, if I should never return, the statements that I have made is certainly vindicated by God to be the truth universally, everywhere throughout the, the world. And I remember when I was a little boy, and this is for some of the children from here at school and so forth, no matter if you're trying to do what's right, young men, young women, do that which is right and God will bless you. Always do right. You can't be going this way when you're going this way. Always hold to the right, do what's right, and you'll come out right. Now, when I was a little lad, I didn't have too many friends. But I always loved people. I wanted friends. And now by trying to serve God and do all I know to do, tonight I guess I have somewhere six or eight million friends around the world. It just shows what God will do for you if you'll trust Him. Is that right? I'm glad to hear that Amen. The word Amen means so be it. And now I wish to read just a little bit of scripture from the book. And before doing this all, I want to say... Goodbye to you. 
God bless every one of you. Thank all, to all of you for what you have done for me and helping me and my family. In times when we were in need, you come to us. Oh, how I appreciate it. And may the little city bring out ministers from this city that will travel the world over. Do great things for God is my prayer. Now, now I want to say this. I am happy, the people of Jeffersonville, I am happy to know this, that the principal of our school here is a devout Christian. God bless him. He never returned a word when we asked him for this auditorium, and he also told us we could have a large one. And I certainly appreciate that. To all the staff, may God bless them. Now, in the book of St. John, the fifth chapter, I wish to read just a portion. You know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the Word of God. Is that right? All right, now listen closely as I read. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is that Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay great multitudes of important folks, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season to the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever first after the troubling of the water, stepping in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity, thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had now been a long time in this case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Listen closely. The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to cut me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked in the same of the Sabbath. The 19th verse, when he was questioned on this. Now, I want you to notice, it looks very strange. Our case is just before uh, the crucifixion, when Jesus went up to the feast at Jerusalem. Now, how many people in here are sick and needy tonight of prayer? Let's see your hands. Just go up everywhere. My, just look. My friend, this is a sick world, isn't it? And look at the day that when we got the best medicine we ever practiced with. We got the best doctors we ever had. Do you believe that? Got the best institution, hospitals. Best drugs we ever practiced with, and we got more sickness than the world ever knows. Do you want my analysis of it? We got more sin and unbelief than the world ever knows. That's just exactly the reason. Sure. Now, in speaking of divine healing, you, we must approach it just as sanely as it is in the Scripture. Now, divine healing has been misunderstood by many. Some people think that divine healing is some sort of a, you know, hocus-pocus over people and put some kind of a, a spell on them that they get well, or something like that, or a hypnotism. That's an error. The Bible teaches divine healing for this present day, and divine healing all down through the age. 
Now, God always had a provided way for the people to be healed. He gave in the days of Israel's journey. He had the brass serpent. After the going away of the brass serpent, when people made an idol out of it, then the prophet broke up the serpent and tore it up, threw it away, and God sent an angel down upon a pool of water, called in the Hebrew tongue the Tertha, at the sheep market, where they brought in the sheep from the Damascus gate in Jerusalem. If the good Lord willing, in a few weeks, be visiting this very spot where we're speaking of. And there was a, a, a pool there at the market. And ever so often there was an angel came down and troubled the water. Now how many knows what troubled water is living here at the river? A troubled water is when the current's going one way and the waves another. Choppy makes a troubled water in a very dangerous water. Then people believed that it was an angel, which God testified that it was. It came down because there was no current in the water, but it just chopped the water, made a choppy condition. And the people lay there, great multitudes. Now listen what the scripture says. Lame, halt, blind, withered. What a sight of suffering humanity. Waiting for the moving of the water. And then ever who got into the water first, when the water was troubled, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had because of all the virtue of the angel on the water went to the individual and healed of his disease. Now, do you believe that's the truth? I believe it is because it's in the Scripture. And that's why I believe it's the truth. I believe that it was an angel, not a superstition, not somebody's theology. It was an angel that God sent down from heaven to minister to the sick and the needy. Now, if God made a provision into every age, would it not be no more than just that God would make a provision in this age for the sick? Well, he has. Notice. Now, Jesus went up to this pool, up to Jerusalem, and going through the market. He came to this great mass of humanity. How many of you believe he was the Son of God? He is full of love and compassion, wasn't he? Well, now, doesn't it seem strange that our lovely Jesus would pass that great multitude of lame, halt, blind, and withered people and just heal one man that maybe had a heart trouble or diabetes or something and leave that great mass of crippled people lay there? I believe if he would have said to all of them, just think, this little audience tonight wouldn't be a handful up the side of what that great multitude was that lay there. The multitude consists of over 2,000 people, and the great multitudes are still how many thousand was there? Of lame, blind, withered. And he healed one man and walked away and left the rest of them there. Now that doesn't, if you would look at it in the right sense now, note that was strange that the Son of God would just heal one person and leave all that multitude lay there, it doesn't seem strange. Look like he would have healed them all. And I believe if he would have said all of his healed, I believe it all been well. Do you believe that? But now when the Jews questioned him, listen to what he said. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Dearly, dearly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, 
For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show greater works than this, that ye may marvel. Now, Jesus said that in himself he could do nothing. He could only do what the Father showed him to do. That's the scripture. Jesus said, It's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Is that right? God. No man can take credit for healing. Not even to a doctor. There's no doctor that can heal you. Now, doctors give you aid. And they'll operate in things that's necessary. But you never heard a doctor say that he could heal you. Because he can't. There's only one healer, and that is God. Now, in Psalms 103.3, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquity, who healeth all of thy diseases. Now, I am never, I've had some very rank criticism. Some people practicing divine healing don't believe in a doctor. You have you can have your own ideas about it. But I believe in doctors. I believe God put them here on earth and they're here helpers. But there's none of them that can heal you. They can set a bone, pull a tooth, but if they if they pull the tooth, who's going to heal a socket to come out of it? If they set a bone, they can put it together, look under x-ray to see if they got it right, set the bone, but who's going to heal it? Who's going to produce the calcium and stuff that heals it? Look how simple. Of all of our fine drugs that we got today, there's not a, a drug in the world that can heal a simple knife cut in my hand. Did you know that? We haven't got a medicine that will heal a knife cut. Any, any medicine that would heal a knife cut in my hand would heal a knife cut in my throat. Why you say, Brother Brandon, that's getting radical. Well, it didn't heal a knife cut. That's what I was speaking of. Well, you say, Brother Brandon, medicine was made for your body. That's correct. And not for your coat. That's correct. Now we'll go find out who's the healer. Now, we know that medicine is made for the body. But now, for instance, I'd cut my hand here, and I would fall down dead on the platform. They would take me down to the undertaker bar. They had a fluid that they could embalm my body that I would look natural for the next 50 years. And we would send or even take me to Mayo's Clinic and let them dress that hand every day for 50 years. Put all the salve and the cure cones and penicillin in my body that could be. And in 50 years from the day, that cut would be there just the same as it was the moment the knife cut. Is that right? Sure. You say, certainly, Brother Brandon, the life went out of your body. Then I want to ask you which is the healer? The medicine or life? Life. Exactly. Well, then, if you will tell me and pull out of you what part is life or nature, I can show you what part of you is God. God is life. There you are. So he is the healer. Healer of all diseases. Not long ago I was uh, interviewed. I went up for an examination. It's a male clinic. The greatest in the world. And they examined me. A good examination. And it's a good thing to go by once in a while and exam. But when I received that examination at that male clinic, those clothes it was, I never had any more examination than my own little doctor here, Dr. Sam Adair, here in the city. He gave me the same kind of examination. And in my opinion, just as good a doctor as he got there. And I'm not saying that's a plug for him. 
I say that across the world. But notice, as we give an examination, they had a chance to interview me. And so they were talking about the works, and they said, uh, Reverend Branham said, we don't profess to be healers here. said, we only profess to assist nature. There's only one healer, that's God. I said, that's right. I'll agree that 100%. And one of the things that thrilled my heart the other day, after being a patient there, and the male saint told me I was a hopeless of ever being well. I never lived over 130 pounds in all my life, 135, I guess, one time. And now I weigh 155 pounds in the pillow down. Prayer changes things. The best doctors there was in South Africa and England told Mrs. Clark Nightingale that she was hopeless. But there she is. Prayer changes things. Now, Jesus said he could do nothing but what the Father showed him. Now, you've seen the newspapers and some of the leading magazines wrote me up and said, Brother Brandon, the divine healer. Now, that's an error. I am no divine healer or no other man is a divine healer. Even Christ didn't claim to be a divine healer. He only claimed to do what the Father showed him to do. Is that right? He was not a healer. He didn't claim to be. But it's not me, it's my Father. And if Christ, the Son of God, didn't claim to be a healer, how much more a poor sinful person like myself would claim to be a healer? It's only done through a divine gift to raise the faith in the people. Now, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he ministered to the sick and the needy. About 70% of his ministry or more was on divine healing. It attracts the attention of the people. Fascinates them through thought is the devil once told Job the right things that what would a man give for his skin? That's right, a man will do anything to get well when he's sick. Maybe you've never hit that spot yet. But there may be some time when you will hit that spot. Like Mrs. Marvin or some of these others in here that's been healed by divine healing. Now, the first thing a person does when he gets sick, maybe around home you have a few remedies and things you try. The next thing is, is maybe you call your doctor. That's the sensible thing to do. If the doctor can't do you no good, then you've got a right to go to God. That's, that's what you should do. Call on God. And God is the author of certain things he can, he can do when nothing else can do. When man comes to the end of their line, God can do. Now notice, and never forget this, you people in here sick and needy. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. When you believe and take God at his word, say it so, believe it so, God will bring it to pass. I hope I'm not yelling at you. This thing's really got some voice now, right? The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. If you're a sinner, confess your sins. Believe that God saves you, and then go to testifying of it, telling people that you're saved. It'll work righteously. After a while, you'll be a Christian. You believe that? Now look, in Hebrews 3 and 1, Jesus Christ is a high priest of our confession. He is what we confess him to be. And any redemptive blessing that he died for 
He's sitting at the right hand of the Father tonight to make good anything that you accept in Him. My, I hope you get it. Look, my dear friends, this is not some fanaticism, not some little worked up something in a corner. About seven or eight years ago, people said the program can't go over. It'll never be. But when the angel Lord appeared to me out there on Greensville Bank, out there in that little cabin that night, he told me to go and I'd be praying for statesmen and great men and kings and monarchs. They would sweep around the world. And now, there's a revival sweeping the world, originating in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Amen. Oh, how wonderful. Now, kings and rulers and great men, they don't deal in fanaticism. Now, I will admit the devil's got scarecrows along the road. He's got people who try to impersonate something. He's got people, devil's got people that impersonates a Christian, try to make people believe they're Christians when they're not. But that don't take away the value of a real Christian. To my opinion, it makes him conspicuous. And that's the same thing on divine healing. There's people who go around with a bunch of work up and fanaticism, calling it divine healing. That don't take away the value of God's Word and His death at the cross. It only makes it more conspicuous that it is right. For as long as there's a bull with something, there's bound to be a real one for it to be made off of. It's only a vindication that there is a real one. Now notice, many have been the trials, hardships, and hardships, but tonight we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. When Christ died at the cross, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was up on him, and with his stripes we were healed. That's the unadulterated Word of God. Truly. Now, then he put in Calvary those great things, and every... Here it is. I hope you see it. Look. Every Christian believer has a right to any of those redemptive blessings that Christ Jesus died for. They're yours. But it's out of practice. People's afraid to take God at His word. Do not be afraid. God's under obligation to make it so. Look here at the people, little afflicted children sitting here. People out there, some of you cancer eating and, and heart trouble and Things that you can't get well by, by medical cure. And then Satan come around and try to rob you from the only hope you have? If you'll excuse this expression, before a religious group, the proof of the pudding is the eating of it. There's people here that own doctors of the city and around about have said they can't live any longer. And they're living witnesses and testimonies tonight of the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. How can you die? Look leaning here in front of me. Or it's just a little one night meeting. Sometimes you labor thousands. But I guess if I would correct the testimonies that have seen take place, infallible proofs, doctors' witnesses, in the past six years I've been on the field, would make over a hundred thousand. 
Now see, Sarkoma's cancer, healed by the right mental attitude towards God's divine word. That's right. If you believe it, accept it. No matter how sinful you are, no matter how stupid you've been in sin, if you'll look to Jesus Christ and believe him as your Savior and confess him to be, God will save you by his grace. No matter how low you are in sickness, how bad you are, if God's servant, the doctor, has given you up with all he can do, you have a right to accept Jesus Christ as your healer and be made well. Here they are sitting right here tonight. In Bible groups, not something happened across the sea, but something happened here. Now, no man can heal you. When a preacher comes to anybody else and says, well, he's got healing power. That's an error. Healing power lays in Calvary. Not in man, in Calvary. I said the other night in the international conference where many, many thousands are sitting together, I said, I find two groups of people in the world. One of them are the fundamental group. Positionally, they know. And the next is the full gospel group that's got it or don't know. It's like a man's got a lot of money in the bank, but he don't know how to write a check. The other man has got no money in the bank, but he knows how to write a check. If you could ever get the two together, then you've got something. If you were to realize that you're sons and daughters of God by the death of Christ, and you have a checkbook in your hand to draw any dividends out of Calvary that Christ died for. Amen. Try it. Don't be afraid. Put it to work. Let your faith get started one time. Turn it loose. Look when you're dying before me. There's people sitting out here and laying out here will be dead in a few weeks from now. If there isn't mercy shown somewhere, and what kind of a person shall I be? God will hold me responsible at the day of judgment if I would mislead someone. But if I know a real remedy for you and can introduce it to you, it'll be a blessing. Notice, just a few moments now, and we'll start the prayer line. Now, the only thing that a minister could do would be preach to you salvation in the cross. He couldn't save you. There's no preacher telling you he can save you. He asked you to accept what Jesus has already done. Is that right? How many of your pastors do that? Raise your hand. Sure, to accept Christ. Now, he can preach, but he can't save you. But he points you to Calvary. You accept it. Then when you come up and say, Now, I take Jesus as my personal Savior, you believe in your heart that you are saved. Now, the critics on the outside say, Oh, John, there's no difference in you. Why, you look just the same as you are. But you might look the same. You might not feel any different. But in your heart, you believe you're different. Then you confess that you're different. He that will confess me before man, I'll confess him before the Father and the holy angels. Now, you believe you're better, then you say you're better. You act like you're better. See? You say, yes, sir, I'm, I'm saved. You associate with those that are saved. You believe you're saved. You act like you're saved. And it works righteousness. Is that right? That's cause he was wounded for your transgression. Setting up the right hand of the Father to make good anything you confess. Now, what if you come to the altar say, well, I don't know, but in your heart you believe you're saved and don't say nothing about it. You'll never be saved until you believe it, accept it, and confess it. 
Well, same thing about everybody here. Lady, you're very sick. You, 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 you stretch your cases here. Probably the dying condition. I don't know you. I don't recognize the one of you. And the little girl here, I don't know her. And some other one say, I never seen you in my life. But I'm bringing to you, my sister, uh, the message that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love and devotion to you is just as it always was. And there's not one more thing that he can do in his great kingdom to get you healed because he's already done that. 1900 years ago when he died, he saved every creature on the earth. Did he? He certainly did. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, it'll never do you no good until you accept it. Is that right? See, he saved it back there. The blood sprayed the earth. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But you're under mercy now. When you're free moral agents. But when the life leaves your body and you go in the presence of God, you're already judged because God already judged sin. Then he was wounded for your transgression. With his stripes you were healed. And how can anyone do now what Jesus done 1900 years ago? There you are. You can't. Now the only thing a minister can do is he preach the gospel, tell you the truth. And you believe it, accept it, act upon your confession, go out. Say you're well. Believe you're well. Act like you are. You say, Brother Ben, should have do that before? You never feel nothing. Jesus never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? It's by faith, not by feeling. You're not saved by feeling. While the devil can beat you around every stump in the country, saying by your feelings. I'm not saved because I feel like I'm saved. I'm saved because God's Word says I'm saved. Now, and listen... Just a moment. The Word of God will defeat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime, or any condition. When Jesus is here on earth, the Father was in him. God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. We believe that. All the fine qualities was in, of the Father was in him. But when he met Satan, look how he did. He brought it in your reach, in yours, in yours, in all yours. See? He never used his great gifts. When Satan comes in and says, If thou be the Son of God, turn these stones to bread, he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. He takes him up on the pinnacle table, Jesus said, It is written. He took him up on the high mountain, showed him the kings of the world, said, I'll give them all to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said, It is written. See? Always it's written. The word. The word of God is a seed, accepted in your heart. Believe it. Water, testified. Take it as your own personal being. And God will bring it to pass. Now, then you say, Brother Ram, what made your ministry conspicuous? This last statement. When I was a little boy, I was born up here in Cumberland County, Kentucky, in a little log cabin. My dear old mother sits here tonight in this auditorium. She was 15 years old when I was born. My father was about 18. The morning when I was born, he was standing with his, to tell me, with his hands in the bibs of his overalls, a little old window in the side of the hut. After I was born, the light came into that window. Settled down where I was. Been with me from that day to this. When I was a child, 22 years before this beautiful bridge spanned the river, sitting down in my yard, 
I've seen the thing go across the river and seen the man that lost their life on it. My mother thought I was nervous. Right here at Mr. Watson's on the Unity Pike when I was packing water in two little turf buckets, out of a bush come a sound of I was seeing old leaves blowing over and looked up in the trees. Looked like a barrel size going back and forth through the trees. And out of there come an audible voice and said, Don't you ever smoke or drink or defile your body in any way. There'll be a work for you to do when you get older. I'm at home. I'm among people. I'm among young ladies that I went with in my young days. I'm among boys here, boyfriends that I played together. I asked you today if you ever see me smoke, drink, or be drunk or, or defile myself in that way. No, sir. I did not, not by my goodness, but it's by his mercy, his foreordained will for me to do this. Later on, I become a minister. You very well remember the time when the star appeared down here on the river, that light. It's appeared, they've got it now hanging in Washington, D.C. The only time in the world we had that time that a supernatural being could scientifically be proven, uh, proved by the FBI, that it was absolutely a supernatural being. It comes into the meeting. It's right here at the platform now. And it's not me. I have nothing to do with it. It's the angel of the law. And he's here now. And a man can come through this country, tell you anything. Minister can speak of anything. Man is subject to making mistakes and telling stories. Man's word is just a man's word. But when God speaks that it's so, then you believe it because it is so. God's word will be worth more in the next few minutes and all the words that I could say. I was born, I believe that gifts and callings are without repentance. How many Christians believe that? It's not what you try to work yourself up to, it's what you're born to be. See, back in the making, you begin in your germ of life when you become germatized, your great-grandfather. That's scripture. Levi paid tithes in the loins of Abraham, his grandfather. All right, but your germ your life, your soul, beginning the creation of God in the beginning. Didn't Jesus tell his disciples, I knew you before the foundation of the world, called us, ordained us to be ministers of the gospel and so forth? It's a foreordination of God. Now, how many, now in here and working, now what? Jesus said, thank you, Teddy. Jesus said, the things that I do shall you do also. And greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Is that right? Do you believe so? Are you sick people? Look here for a minute. Do you believe that that is the truth? That Jesus said in St. John 14, 7, or, or I mean uh, 14, 12, The things that I do shall you also, and greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. And Jesus plainly stated, now listen, and outside, I hope you hear it. Jesus plainly stated that he could do nothing of himself but what God showed him to do in the vision. That's what he done. Is that right? Now let's see how it works. After he made his statements of who he was, Philip was converted. He went to find Nathaniel. And when he found Nathaniel, Nathaniel, he said, Come see who I have found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And what did Nathaniel say? Now, you Bible teachers here. So what did he say? He said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? A mean city, wicked. That, worse than Jeffersonville. And then said, so then he said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, come and see. 
And when he came up to where Jesus was, Jesus was in the prayer line. And when Nathaniel came up, Jesus said, Behold, there is a light indeed in whom there is no God. In other words, in other words, you're a good Christian man, a truthful man. And Nathaniel was surprised. And he said, When did you know me, Rabbi, our teacher, Reverend? He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. Is that scripture? Now, what if Philip would have said, or Nathaniel would have said then, like many people say, it's reading your mind. It's mental telepathy. Well, then the trick would have, the thing would have ever been done. But he said, Thou art the Son of God. Is that right? When the woman was at the well, he told her her sins, how many husbands she had. Is that right? You know where a feast was, had a con in his mouth. God showed him where this man was laying with the, the disease. And he did all things as the Father showed him to do. Now, if I come, my brother and sister, tonight, and told you that the spirit of some great artist is in you, you'd expect me to put a canvas out on this place and paint a picture like the artist could paint. Is that right? If the spirit of the artist is in me. And if I told you the spirit of some criminal, John Dillinger, was in you, then you'd expect me to have big guns and be an outlaw like John Dillinger was. If his spirit is in me, I'll act like him. And if we are Christians and the Spirit of Christ is in us, we do the work of Christ. Now, as I said before, I can do nothing at all. But what he showed now in the meeting, sorry, I pulled on that brother, I'm sorry. Um, in the meeting, I see it by being. I cannot heal. But I see what's been wrong with the patient. I can tell them by the Spirit of God what to do and what will be the outcome. It'll go back and tell you the things back in your life. Then it'll bring it up here. If you know that's true, then from here out, it'll tell you what will be and watch and see if that isn't true. It never fails. Now, tell another case. A few weeks ago, I was standing in Los Angeles. Can you hear me in the back? Raise up your hands if you can. I was in Los Angeles, California. Having meetings. Now listen, here's just the way the meeting takes place before we start. I pray, I fast. I just come out of the meeting. I've been gone now for the two days. I've been home. Been back to the house a couple times. Go off to myself and pray. Not eating. Fasting. Waiting. And there's something comes down. Takes over my life, my body. And I'm not myself. No more that light can say, see what a light I am? That bulb isn't making light. It's the current going through the bulb that makes light. And before there can be any light, there has to be a switch to make a contact. And then the light comes forth. Now when he speaks through me, I know what he tells me. I see it just like I'm looking here. But when he doesn't speak, I can't say nothing. Are you in the meeting? There, I just walked into the platform. And as I walked in, I looked, I saw a stack of hay. This materializes in front of me. I began to speak about that stack. I've seen a little boy get hurt on a hay frame. I've seen him years later selling books from a wheelchair or something. I've seen him a great man in a big office where a man wore kind of round in collars. Begin to speak of it. My manager come to me where one of the ministers had said, and I've seen the man sitting back out in the audience. I said, there sits the man, he's got a wheelchair and things. I said, there sits the man right there. He done a certain, so someone come to me and said, do you know who that was? One of my managers? I said, no. He said, that's Congressman Upshaw. Did you ever hear of him? I said, no, sir. He said, he run for president. 
I said, I don't remember. And he said, uh, uh, he's been in England, crippled for 66 years. I said, yes, sir. And so he said, well, what's going to happen? I said, I don't know. Now, see, his wife praying with him. I started to turn to say, bring the next person in the prayer line. And when the next person started to come, I looked and I heard before me stood a doctor. Thin fellow, wearing tartar shell glasses, had one of those, whatever it is, that he wears on his head to look in the throat. He was discouraged. He was shaking his head. I said, I see a thin doctor. He's shaking his head. He's, he's just performed an operation on a little colored girl. It's paralyzing. And she's paralyzed from her shoulders down. I turned back around and I said to my brother, bring your patient. And then way down, way in, I heard someone crying. And I looked, and here was a hospital stretcher like these along here. And an old colored woman crawling on her knees. Coming behind, screaming, God, be merciful to me. And I looked, and there was a little colored girl that I'd seen the vision. She said, Lordy mercy. She said, Parson, you told just exactly the kind of doctor that was. Is God going to let my baby live? I said, Auntie, I don't know. I said, I can only speak what I see. And she said, Oh, God, have mercy, have mercy. Kept crying. The little thing is paralyzed. She, I said, it's been about two years, hasn't it, Andy? She said, That's what it's been, sir. And I turned around to call the patient. I looked and I seen something in front of me. And I seen a, something materializing. It looked like a road. But it was a street. And going down that street went that little colored girl with a doll on her arm walking like this. Brother, sister, all devils in hell couldn't stop it then. I said, Auntie, your faith has saved the child. This whole, I've seen it in hundreds of cases. Thousands of cases. And here before you tonight, I give any person leave. Did you ever one time ever see it say anything but what was perfectly that way? How many been in meetings and seen it? Let's see your hands. Raise your hands everywhere. There it is. Every time it's perfect. For it's God. Not a man, it's God. And it can't be wrong. Then, notice, she said, Is my baby healed? I said, Yes, ma'am. And she caught the little thing to the hand, the little baby raised up to its arms, grandmother got up, walked out of the building, perfectly whole. People have been fainting, and uh, the meeting went on in a few minutes. I said, I see the congressman. He's got a pinstripe suit on. He's healed. And he was dying himself like this. After being a cripple for 66 years, Congressman Willie D. Upshaw, Former congressman, I think it was Senator Georgia, run for president, and because of his religious righteousness of not believing in whiskey, he was defeated in the race. God honored his faith, and tonight, sitting on the platform, is Congressman Willie D. Upshaw, that was a cripple for 66 years, perfectly whole year before. Come here, Mr. Upshaw, my brother. Here's a man that was a cripple for 66 years. God bless you, brother. You don't know how happy I am to put my arms of fellowship around this dear man of God. And what he means has meant to me. I know he doesn't mind if I say this word to you. The night the meeting closed, in which my healing came, he authorized, he knew that I wanted to cover the six states that I have not yet covered 
since I got off of bed where I stayed seven years. He authorized and offered me to buy a car he knew I had given away all I'd ever made, helping people in distress. I think he'd be happy now, as he started it, to know that that car just lacks $220 of having enough to complete it and start out on our complete trip. And if everybody who shakes hands and meets it up showing me tonight will have a dollar in it or something else, you far more than cover because you put gasoline money besides. Or if you can't do that, send it to Hotel Times Square, New York. We Remember this, you who are stretched out here and want to be healed. Step out as God helped me to do. I said, God's voice is spoken. And Brother, Brother Bannon said, the congressman is healed. I said, it's the voice of God. And I've been the happiest man since I threw away my crutches and started out to witness to his healing as well as his saving power. The happiest man that's ever been in Jeffersonville since Columbus discovered America. Amen. <laughs> Let's say praise the Lord for the old brother. He's just 85 years young. Look, looks like if he had got healed, that he would have gotten healed back there when he was about 17, doesn't he? But God down through the ages held it back. And now he testified there and in Congress and Billy Graham's going up there in a meeting. Don't you see how God's got his body working this day? Can't you see it? Then they see the supernatural where the man laid there and was a wheelchair patient on crutches for all those times. And now a well-sound man ever be 85. Abraham was a 125 years old. Before Isaac was born to him, God gave him the promise that Abraham testified of it for 25 years before Isaac ever come on earth. Is that right? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are still true. Now, dear Christian people, I feel that I'll be back to the city here again shortly or a meeting that'll last for several weeks. Or several days, I should say. Bobby Willis. So hot. And you can't hold attention to people when it's so awfully hot and crowded and jammed. I've tried that sometimes in meetings where many, many thousands be standing and I can't. Pray for me. I love you with a Christian love. Burns down in my soul. And the things that I have said to you tonight concerning divine healing and his power, they are true. They are true. It's my Bible here at mine. They're the truth. I can make no one well. But I want to ask you something. There was lepers one time set at the gate. They said, why do we sit here till we die? Let's do something about it. Make an effort. Get up. The doctor's done all he can do. Everything's done all they can do. The next effort, God's done all he can do. And the next thing is do is for you to act and let your faith go to work in God's work. Now look, everybody up here, how many here have a dream to dream? Let's see your hand. All right, most all normal people do. That's your subconscious we're talking. Now listen to this. Your subconscious. 
Here's your, your conscience and here's your subconscious. Did you ever see people didn't dream a dream at all? They're way back. Now, I believe God deals in dreams. That's right. King Nebuchadnezzar and Joseph and many of them and so forth, he dealt in dreams. But a seer isn't that way. Now, I'll call a prayer. Then out of that, some of you, how many has there got a prayer card? I see you raise your hand. Oh, my. All right. I'll tell you this. If you do this, if you will look this way to me, do you believe me? First, all of you, do you believe me? That's kind of a hard way for me to ask this coming up here in this little hot room and people standing and children crying and so forth, try to chop off the message like this. But I shall cease now and let God testify. If I, if I told the truth that God sent this to you people, not to me, it's to you. There's such a man sitting right back down there now, and one of the best doctors there is in this country. Told him a few days ago he had cancer through the liver. He's dying. He never raised it. Just happened to see the man now. He was taken to a little to a very fine specialist by a man, a doctor here that's sitting who's a friend of mine that said to do it. Got him over there, and my doctor friend called me up, said the man's going to die. Cancer in the liver. And the man went now to two great institutions. And they both turned him down. And I love the man. He was converted to my meeting. And he was rubbing his hands. His wife was rubbing her hands and crying. And I was sitting on the side of my bed here a few mornings ago and was going to go away before daylight. And while I was sitting there, I happened to look standing in front of me and there stood a very green, worm-eaten apple nodding. And I thought, well, where's it's just surreal, just like you look here. I reached out and I see it move. And I see, I said, I knew it was a vision. And here come another one, and another one, and another one. Five of them came. Then a great big apple came down from heaven and eat up those five naughty apples. And the angel of the Lord spoke inside the room and said, This is concerning your brother Hall. I said, Brother Hall went to him and said, Don't you worry. You've had how many, how many weeks you've been sick with all? He said, Five. I said, but the time is coming for your deliverance. He was down the road, and it's like this picture here. And here he is, sitting in the building tonight, eating, going on his business, praising God. Let's say, praise the Lord. Hold up your hands, Brother Hall. There he is right there. That's the man, a few weeks ago. And doctor, I see you sitting back there. There's the man who's going to die the other day. Let's say, praise the Lord. Amen. Worthy of all praises. Thank you, sir. That's a minister from Milltown. The same place where by vision, I never heard of the old time alive. I was sitting here, Mr. Wright, another man sitting here. I was at my little church. Many of us, I never heard of a scene of vision. I heard a lamb crying, Milltown, Milltown. I didn't know where it was at. I went, to, went out, and Mr. Wright told me where it was at, and I went down there. I didn't know what to do. I bought a little soapbox and go to preach on the old street corner. The Lord told me to go up on the hill. And I went up there, and there was a big Baptist church, which I belonged to the Baptist church. And I said, well, anybody there? I said, no. I said, uh, some trouble come up and they haven't used it for nothing. I said, Lord, if you want me to go in that church, open the door. The man came by in a few minutes and opened the door for me. Went in and started the meeting. Still, I wondered. Mr. Hall came in that in the very first night and was converted. He's a pastor down there now. Then, I thought, that's not the lamb. And a few days later, someone told me there was a lady down below the hill. A little girl, they got one of my books and was reading it, and she was dying in the bed for nine years and eight months. I went out there and had prayer for her and her mother. And look, listen to this. I went away, 
Went on out, finished my revival. Two weeks or three weeks later, I come back and had another service. She wanted to be baptized. She hadn't been out of the bed. And I went home with Mr. Wright, sitting here for dinner. After I had a baptismal service, she cried all day. She seen this nail girl here. She made me here with Billy tonight from the Methodist Church up in, at, um, I forget the name of the place up here above Salem. Crippled in her right hand, her right foot and left hand. All the writers had brought her up. She was healed instantly by vision. See, it's not what I do, it's what he showed me. I can't do nothing. What he tells me, I'll just go say it and do it like he tells me. Because my own mother ain't here dying. I couldn't say nothing till he would tell me. How many understands now? It's not me. It's God. I can't do nothing that he tells me. And then, that's what the angel of the Lord told me when he went to that green mill. Said, I said, he said, you're going to take a, this gift to the peoples of the world. You'll be praying for kings and great men. Look at it. I said, well, I'm uneducated, sir. And he was a man, not just a shadow. He was a man, weighed about 200 pounds, had dark hair to his shoulders, had his arms folded like that. said, you were born for this purpose. And I said, sir, they wouldn't believe me. I'm uneducated. He said, as it was with the prophet Moses and giving two signs to vindicate his ministry, so will you be given two signs. He said, one of them will take hold of a person's hands and not you speak, but I'll speak through you and tell you what's wrong with the patient. The next thing, you'll go back like our master did and tell them the things that they've done in their life that's hindered and caused like our master did. Well, that was hard for me to stand here before my friends in Jeffersonville and around and make that first statement. But when Miss Margie Martin, there, the first one to come in, laying there so helpless, cancer eat her up and sending her 80 x-ray treatments and the doctor said the cancer wrapped around her intestines like the root around the tree, wrapped around, and there she was laying there. I walked down, took her over her hand, and I turned it loose. I looked at her and the Spirit of the Lord came down and told her she'd live in there. She is. That's just one of the thousands. People have the insane institution and so forth. He promised it. He'll do it. He's God. And down there at the old town that day, I went on out to Mr. Wright's eat supper. Here he sits right here. And he, I said, Brother Wright, I must go up on the hill to pray. And I went up up there and knelt down in the bushes and I was praying. Stickers sticking me. It seemed like I couldn't quit praying. I heard the dinner bell ring. I know what Mother Wright wanted us to come. I kept on praying, praying. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And all at once, here come that light coming right down through a dogwood bush. Shined right down on me, and I heard a voice say, Go to the way of Carter's. That was enough. Then hot parties got hunting for me. I jumped across the fence running towards my car, and it landed right in the arms of Mr. George Wright standing there. And him and Mr. Brace, a man from Texas, had just come up, and his wife had been healed. They want to say, You need to tell me that Georgie Carter will be healed? While her little limbs are like a broomstick up here around her hips. I said, She'll be healed in the next 30 minutes. If it isn't so, then brand me a false prophet and say, I don't know what I'm talking about. We got in the car. The same time her mother had got so seriously, her little big crying, she'd laid there and sat there by her daughter for nine years and eight months till she turned gray. And, and so she went in with praying in the room and asking God, what will happen? And I'd come through the country and made that statement to the girl, and her girl was all upset and so forth, and she claimed she'd seen a vision of somebody coming. She thought it was her daughter next door coming down. She looked and it was Jesus standing there, a shadow on the wall. He said, who's this coming? And she seen me get out of the car with this same Bible over my heart that she could tell my hair being thin there and knew it was me coming and said, who's this? And she jumped up to running to tell Georgie about it and no sooner she got the room, the door closed and I was walking out of the car. God works on both ends of the line. Always on time. Walked into the room under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, stripped down, down there, walked down to where the girl was, 
Put my hands up on her and I said, Georgie, even Jesus Christ, who you love, has appeared to me back there. But Mr. Lightson told me, come lay hands on you and you'll be well. Rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus. And without even enough strength, to, they couldn't even set a big pan under the door. They had to use a draw sheet for years. There's your mother. That's right. And she was in such a condition. And there they showed me her bed the other day when I was down there. All the paint rubbed off of it where she'd hold her hands and cry and pray like that whole rubbing it. And she couldn't even get her hands back there. And when she'd go to call, she'd go, And the Spirit cup, when her mother would hold it up, walked up there under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and pronounced that girl healed. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, she rose up from there, went out and sat down and blessed the grass and the trees and played the piano. And there she sat tonight as a perfect witness. And God, who I stand before now and will judge me at the great day when I stand before every one of you, knows that hundreds of times, hundreds of those cases have happened and there's never been one of them failed yet. And it shall not fail tonight. God won't let me down when I'm standing here before my people who have been raised. I know he'll be here to meet me. That's right. Is that testimony true, Mrs. Carter, wherever you are? If you'll raise your hand, wherever you are, that, that's just raise your hand. Mr. Wright, is that testimony true? Yeah. Anywhere, friends, it could be a thousand. Now look, the people come. I'll sit away now to pray for a few moments. I want you to, how many people have got the prayer cards? I believe it's... And my boy said they had, oh, he's a hundred of them. Let the first 15 or 20 line up down here and come across the stage. And according to your number, number one, number two, number three, number four, we'll just take, because you can't get too much standing room. Who's got prayer card number one? Raise your hand. Number one. Prayer card number one. Raise your hand. Prayer card number two. Raise your hand. Number three. Number four. Number five. Just line up down here like that, right, right across the end of this line down here, while the piano plays only believe, if you will. And let's all, for a change of posture, let's stand now and sing only believe. While you line up according to your number, that's the first group. Then we'll get another group, just in a moment. All right. for we have none to offer, but we come as believers, witnesses of His in this last day. We thank Thee for all that You've done for humanity, for hospitals and for doctors and nurses, the many great aids that You give us. Lord, we thank Thee. 
and father may not in the laboratories around me soon find something to aid cancer and heart trouble and these great things that's taken so many of the people. We pray for them, Lord. Now tonight, here is dying people. I, I don't know what to say, Lord. And here, you've said in your word that a prophet in his own country was without honor. Lord, can you just brush it back a little bit tonight, Lord? And may the angel of God who fed me all the days of my life and helped me when I was a little old boy running around here one of my dad's shoes on my mother going to school and no clothes. I love before going to the dark land yonder in Africa. Will you come to your servant tonight? And anoint, Lord, for the service. Thou knowest that I give all praise to thee. It's not I, Lord, but it's thee as thy representative. And now as thou hast met in other countries and around, here they lay tonight, Lord, paralyzed, laying their own stretchers and cots and setting chairs. They're out there with heart trouble, cancer, TB, I guess, and all kinds of diseases. I do not know one of them. Thou knowest all of them. Father, I realize that Jesus paid the great price at Calvary. Now will you send the angel of God upon your servant, that I might be able through a vision to see these people that would encourage them to believe on the Lord and be healed. Grant it, Lord. Bless them all together now. I'm going to wait on you. I know you're here. You said a sparrow can't fall without you know about it. And you're so sensitive to even know a sparrow that falls and every one that falls, how much more you sensitive to these poor crippled, suffering, bed-bound people laying here. Be merciful, Almighty God, and help me now. If I spoke of you, you speak of me, Lord, and I told the truth. Will you, Father, and confirm it with signs and wonders, for we ask that in the name of our beloved child, Jesus. Amen. You'll be seated. Well, I thank God for His goodness and His mercy. Now, friends, I'm going to ask you something very seriously. That's right. Only book. Seriously as I can. Now, if... Now, I have a time to explain all these things, or time won't permit. There's things that go with it that no man knows. That's between God and I. But here's one thing that I do know. Diseases are backed by demonology. If you don't know what I mean, like Jesus, when a man was deaf and dumb, the doctors say, now, nah, his vocal cords are dead. That's what killed him. But he killed all over his body. Jesus said when the deaf and dumb spirit came out of the man, he could speak and hear. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Is that right? Right. Lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. In my name they shall cast out devils. Now, if you're here and a critic, if you're a critic, Remember, dear friend, if I was your place, I hold the statement from now. For be assured to you that they go from one to another. Now, that's right. That's scripture, and it's happened here a few nights ago. I was speaking, I had a little baby, and the epilepsy wouldn't leave it. Epilepsy is a devil. That's right. 
Look at Jesus when he comes up there and he brought this boy had epilepsy. He says he has the devil and all kinds of falls in the fire and so forth like that. And Jesus rebuked the devil and the boy fainted and fell away, raised up well. Look at those boys who thought they seen Paul casting out devils doing these kind of works and they thought they could do it too. So they went down to Acts 19 and they told the man who had epilepsy called that devil said, We adjure thee by Jesus who Paul preaches come out. The devil said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who are you? And they thought epilepsy themselves. You have to know what you're talking about. That's right, See? And this is no way at all. A few nights ago when they hired in a big city, a hypnotizer to come hypnotize me. They go around these army tanks and make boys bark like dogs. You've heard of it. And I was sitting before about around 12,000 people. And I kept feeling a funny spirit when the anointing was on. There's a man sitting there gazing up at me like that. And I looked around again, I seen a bunch of boys, and hard to do that. I said, why has the devil put in their heart to do that? And before the man left the building, he was paralyzed, he's paralyzed yet tonight. I was trying to get the epilepsy and leave this little child. There's a minister sitting back there with a group of people, 28 of them, that wouldn't believe and didn't believe in divine healing. And I couldn't get it to leave the child. I said, somebody isn't believing. I looked back, I said, it's the man sitting there with a gray suit on and a bunch of people with him. I said, keep your head down, sir. He said, I don't have to. I said, you're a church. I said, Father, don't hold this poor little innocent child. You'll be for that person. Satan, come out, and you're at large. And 28 people fell on the floor of epilepsy right there. That's true. He's not playing church friends. If you don't understand, be reverent. That's right. I remember you are one. If you're ready, whatever I tell you to do, you do it. But don't move around while the building, while, while this service is going on. I'll give them interviews every few minutes. My boys take me back or something. Now, when the anointing comes on, I want you to understand this. If you see me acting strange, I'm in a subconscious condition. It's when the anointing comes down, it's something else speaking, not me. Let every man know that should. Now, be just as ready. Keep your children close to you. Be just as quiet as you can now while we pray. My Father, please, I pray in the name of thy Son, Jesus, that you will come now to thy humble servant and will help me, Almighty God, to do thy will. I come near to you, Father, and anoint thy servant and pack me from this, this tense-bound existence into the sphere where you live. And may this be done through Jesus Christ's name, that I might know the diseases and the thoughts of the people's minds. And you said, these things that I do shall you also. For I go to my Father. A little while in the world seeth me no more, yet you will see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the age. I believe you, Lord. Now come, Lord. Take me away and cut yourself in, that the works of God might be done here in this city. Remember when we went to your city, they said, we've heard him do these things over somewhere else. Let us see him do them here. And he marveled at their unbelief. They said, who is this? The carpenter's son. Then he said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country. The father, these people here love me. They believe and help tonight. For I ask it in the name of thy son, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you will, just let the organ, if you will, constantly place low. Now to you people out in this way that's sick, bound, and afflicted, without your prayer cards and so forth. Now you look here, and you look this way, and believe with all your heart, and accept the story that I told you. Pray to the Father like this, Lord Jesus, I know that you promised these things in the last days. 
Here is our brother. We've been raised with him. We know he's just a man, just a poor, a little boy. But we believe that you're dealing with him, and I believe he's told the truth. Now, if he has told the truth, you speak to him and have him to call me and tell me what's wrong with me and what I, so forth, or anything in my hand, and ask that, and watch the Holy Spirit move out over the altar everywhere there is in the building. He'll do it. And then if you're a doubter, an unbeliever, watch it do you the same way. Now be reverent, be in prayer as you can, and bring your, your patience. Did you check these cards here, everybody? It wasn't in them numbers there, please. You're not your father up the line. Look, tell you what you all do. You start praying and believing. Will you do it? Will you there pray and believe? Will you do what I ask? Will you do it here and you there and you there? You just pray and ask. Say, Lord, you help me. And if God will speak and help you, lady, you'll believe in you on the stretcher. You on the stretcher. You all, you believe with all your heart. A little girl here, lady, I don't know none of you. I've never seen you in my life as a new life. You're all strangers to me. And back out there, you didn't have prayer cards and so forth. I don't know you. I don't know one person here. I believe I know this lady sitting here. I believe she's in Tennessee. I believe you're healed or white your little girl or something to me one time over. I recognize her. And down down to that line there, I don't recognize anyone. I know this lady sitting here. She's a nurse at Franklin. That's right. You're with her. All right. All right, sir. Now, I believe that's it. Now, up in the gallery, we bow to each other. And just have faith and believe. Now, believe with all your heart. Just let everything drop aside. Just say, now I'm going to lay everything aside and I'm going to watch. Now, if I've told the truth, our Heavenly Father will speak of me. If I tell not the truth, he'll have nothing to do with me. Is that fair? That's fair. Now, let the Heavenly Father, who I pray in his name, that he'll come and confirm what I've said to be the truth. I'm just a little short and I'm the microphone to me. I don't know what, where I'm at when I'm doing this many times when it comes up on me. How many knows that that's scriptural? What well, Daniel saw one vision, he was troubled in his head for many days. Is that right? And Jesus, when a woman touched his garment, he said, I perceive that virtue has gone from me. Got so weak, he laid in the back of a boat and didn't even know the storm was on. Now, be ready. Now, you're the patient, aren't you, Now, I just want to talk. Can you hear my voice back there now where I'm at? All right. Now, be reverent, everyone. Now, I believe you're a stranger to me, lady. I don't, don't know you. I've never seen you in my life. Well, then we're perfect strangers. Now. now, of course, you feel the real odd feeling. Now, that's nothing to hurt you. That's just the anointing. It's coming on me. And, uh, and you're believing me. You, you believe me. Because I can feel it welcoming you. And I know that you are a believer. Now, that won't hurt you. It's the, it's the healing to make you well. Now, if there's anything in your life or concerning you that uh, I, don't, I will know, have no way of knowing it unless it be revealed to me through the Spirit. Is that right? It has to be a supernatural one. Now, if we're strangers, hold up your hand there so the people see. We don't know. And uh, the only thing that you know now that this is a real kind of sacred, calm feeling, it, 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 kind of satisfied feeling. If that's true, so the people can see it. Now, what it is, audience, it's moving down just now. The Lord Jesus, the Spirit that was up on Him, and my body is becoming moved out now, or my life. Now, it looks milky around over the audience. 
Now, I don't know where I can talk to you much longer or not. Now, it's for the sister. Now, I want you to understand, lady, that it's truly just the spirit of the law. And now, Jesus, when he stood, it was the same thing, the same way, the same operation. And it's not me. He said, the world won't see me after a little while, but you'll see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Now, what I'm trying to do now is just get a contact with your spirit. You're human. And the woman at the well, he talked to her said, go get me a drink, just to get a conversation. Then he told her just exactly what was the matter with her. Is that right? Now, if his spirit is here tonight, it can do you the same way. Is that right? Now, isn't he lovely? Wonderful Christ, isn't he? I've loved him, lady, with all my heart. I love him now. Now, I don't know as to go into the dark lands there, I'll be under witchcraft and wizards, and, but I know who I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against the day. Yes, ma'am. Now, I see standing before you, you've just been under an operation, haven't you? You've had an operation some time ago. Then years ago, it was for a tumor. And that tumor was on the face. Now, I believe, is that right? I see the surgeons when they're performing the operation. That tumor has come back again, isn't that right? Is that true? That's true. All right, you're healed now. You can go off the platform and leave anyway. Another thing, I know it's in there you've been praying, haven't you? And you've never, in your life, you haven't had a satisfaction to live just like you've always wanted to live. Is that right? That's going to be granted to you, sister. You go on. You're going to be all right. I've seen you praying, and I knew he's praying by a chair. And that, God bless you. You go on. Let's say praise be to God. It's left there. You can look at her. She's all right. She's well. Oh, my. Bless her little heart. Bring her. Come, sweetheart. Did she have a prayer card? Hi there, honey. The mother. Don't weep. I want you to look this way to me. Do you believe me as his prophet, as God's prophet? I am a stranger to you. I don't know the baby. I've never seen it. But... That baby has a heart trouble. Isn't that right? It was born with a heart trouble. It was born in that condition. Is that right? I heard a doctor say that. Now, you prayed. And when you heard that I was going to have this meeting, you said, if I can get it to Brother Branham and he'll pray for it, it'll get well. Isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind. But I'm telling you what you did. Is that right? All right, bring the baby to me. Almighty God, the author of life and the giver of every good gift, I bless this child in the name of thy son, Jesus. You confirm the faith of this mother. May the child live and be well. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask this heart trouble to leave the baby. Amen. Don't worry about your child. Your child will be all right. Take it off. Let's say thanks be to God who gives us victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Brought him again from the dead. Now he's sure to heal and to make well. Now, all right, bring your hand. All right. Everyone ready? 
Now, if you'll notice the audience, the expression on the people's faces begin to draw near the platform. See what it is? If you could only feel just what this is now. How many seen the picture of it where they took it? I see your hands up like this. Or George J. Lady and the FBI and all of them examined. It's near. It's right here now. That's what's the matter with the lady. She feels that. Now, there's something wrong with her. I feel it moving against me. It's just like a dark cloud. Now, what it is, I do not know. Now, I just want you to look this way just a moment, lady. Now, try to be just as calm as you can. And now, we're strangers, I believe. I don't know you. I don't, I don't believe I ever seen you. Well, then we'd be, we'd be perfectly total strangers. Then. Yes. Now, there's nothing here that will hurt you. I, I want you to look this way to me. Just look to me and believe with all your heart you're going to be healed. Do you believe? All right. If I know anything wrong with you, it'll have to come from our Heavenly Father. Is that right? Now, you just hear it. Of course, I see you're coughing, but that's just a tickling in your throat. Now, that is your trouble. I see you. Oh, yes, you've just had surgery. No, you've just been examined. And uh, you've, uh, you've got cancer. And the cancer is located on the wound. The doctor told you there's nothing you need done for. Now, there's only one hope that you have, and that is in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Are those things true, what was said? Yes. Then, do you believe if I ask him, you'll get well? Yes. You'll be as Miss Morgan and them? Yes. Would you bow your head on us? <coughs> Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy mercy, and I pray thee to bless this woman who I bless in thy name. Yes. And may now your spirit come upon her. She wants to live. And I ask for this blessing, and may this hideous demon of cancer leave the woman in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you, sister. Now go testifying of his goodness and praising him with all your heart. All right, bring the lady. How do you do, lady? Do you believe with all your heart? You are, you have real strange feelings, don't you? Especially in the late part of the afternoon, I see you getting kind of a leery, weary-like feelings. You're nervous is what's the matter with you. It's due to the time of menopause. It's a changing time of life. You get real weary thoughts. A few days ago, when you heard of this meeting, you told God that if You'd get, let you get up, you'd be prayed for, and you'd be healed. Isn't that right? And you're taking some kind of a shots for that, aren't you, sister? Yes, I see you're taking, I see him give it to you. Isn't that right? Come here. Do you believe me as God's prophet? Have I told you the truth? And you believe that comes from God? Well, if I told you what was truth then by the Spirit of God, I'll tell you what's truth now. You go out of here and be real happy. You're going to be well, for Christ has blessed you, and you're going out to be well. God bless you, sister. Could we say thanks be to God? That might not seem very much to you, but what if that were you? Have faith in God. Believe him with all your heart, and God will bring it to pass. All right. How do you do, lady? 
I believe we're strangers too, aren't we? Or what service were you in? In Louisville. He was at the male high school auditorium. Yes. We had right nice service, the best of my memory. You couldn't get a prayer card. But then when you got this prayer card, how happy you felt. You saying in your prayer, if you could get in the prayer line, God would make you well. You're wondering now what I'm going to say. You're suffering with a heart trouble. Isn't that right? You have a heart trouble that's enlarged heart. Then you also, you, don't you have a gallbladder trouble too? Isn't your kind of, don't you have stones in the gallbladder? Is that right? Go on your way and be well, sister. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may he bless you. Let's say praise be to our Lord. That might seem very strange to you, but that's the same thing that Congressman Upshaw, when he was in England for 66 years, has made whole. He's here. His presence is here now. He knows all things. He can do all things. Do you believe that, lady? You do? Do you believe it, lady? You believe with all your heart in you? What about in here? I want you to pray now. Keep praying. Believe with all your heart. All right, lady, come. I ever one real reverend. I trust to God that we get down in this cripple line just in a little bit. How do you do, lady? Do you believe with all your heart? You believe? You believe that God will make you well? You'd like to go that asthma condition, wouldn't you? Just put your light. Go as you have believed, it will be to you, and may God bless you. That was really just a moment. Everyone real reverent now. like something just pulls you. It's getting weak. How do you do, lady? I perceive that you're a believer. Now that lovely feeling. If our Lord Jesus was here, he could tell you what was wrong with you. He could help you, could he? Well, then, if he would, if he was standing here, the only thing he could do would be tell you what was wrong with you, or your hindrance or something. Isn't that right? See, he could, he's already made the atonement for your healing. Now look this away just a moment. Would you like to be free from that nervousness? You would? Raise up your hand like this. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now go on your road and be well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, Let's say, praise the Lord. Do you love him? He is here now. Sister, stop worrying about your boy back there. He's going to get all right. Little boy has run over. He's going to be all right. 
father back over the town. All right, just have no fear now, it's going to be all right. Everyone ready? All right, come, lady. Do you believe me to be God's servant? You do. Do you believe that the Jesus that bore the cross of Calvary stands present now here at the platform to make you well? I do. You do. You've been failing for a while, haven't you? Amen. Yes, sir. All right. You like it all that asthma that you have? Come here just a moment. Father, I bless this woman in the name of thy son, Jesus, that she is made well. Grant this kind blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, lady. Don't fear no more. Go on your road and be happy. Christ makes you whole. Let's say praise the Lord. You love him with all your heart now? You feel lots different now, don't you? See, that nervousness has left you, that tension. How many times you say nervousness, get next to yourself. That isn't to be done. It's something that causes that. Now, when you're standing here, while it goes like a black cloud, come floating up against you, going, now it's gone from you. You're all right now. I go in the peace of God, be upon you. Because you're going to be well. All right, everyone, Reverend, bring the day. How do you do that? Mercy with the baby. You're very sick, aren't you? Yes. You believe he'll make you well. Give you hearing. Put your ear with You believe it with all your heart? Come here just a Merciful Heavenly Father, I come in the name of thy Son, Jesus, as your servant, asking for the deliverance of this woman. Granted, Almighty God, may she go from here tonight a normal, well person, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand me all right now? Hear me good? How long have you been that way? You're all right now. You're here all right. You're healed. Now you can go on the road and heal. God bless you, sister. Let's say thanks be to God, the little woman. All right. Everybody be ready. All right, come. Do not fear. Only have faith. Our Lord is here to make you well. You're, you're very fearful. There's something wrong. I don't... Yes, I do. It's cancer. you know that? You're scared it's going to take you. Have faith in God. You're in His presence now, sister. The only thing that can ever help you, can ever do you any good, you're standing near it now. Not I, your brother, but this that you know it's present by you. You're conscious of that, aren't you? You know that there's something there. All right, come here just a moment. I want to show you something. Won't you look at my hand? Looks just like an ordinary man's hand, doesn't it? I want to show you the effects of a cancer. Lay your hand here all night. Now look at there. 
see those little white things running across my hand? I would call that a vibration, a cancer. I want the audience to look at that. Watch here, I'll take my hand off look at my hand now. I'll put my hand on Put this other hand over here on the sister. Come here, Billy. I know there's nothing wrong with you. Watch my boy's hand here. I'm going to put, look at my hand now. Just normally like any other man, is that right? I watch here, I put my hand on. I put your left hand on. Now change your handkerchief. Now I put this hand on. Now look at there. See what I mean? Now there's something that you know that's there. Now I believe in the vision told you what it was, cancer. Now see, in you is a, is a, a power. In other words, it's a growth, a living. Now when you were born, you were just a little germ in the womb of your mother and you begin to develop, develop cells, come forth to a child, you're where you are now, a multiplication of cells, is that right? Now there's something else in there that's got a multiplication of cells, which is called cancer. It's got a life, a different life from yours. It's in you, eating you up. Now that life in there, and me being anointed, and you're, you know that there's something going on, don't you? Now watch here when you put your hand on there, watch the results of that. Now, Jesus said in the Bible here, they shall lay hands on the sick. Is that right? That's what he means. Now, see it? Now, now move your hands. Move it off. Watch here. I put my hand on. There's no difference. Now, audience, you see that. Now, I can't make it leave the woman. I know what she has. Now, there's a life in there. A growth. Malignant. It's going to take her life. There's something is. Now, the only thing that could happen would be like, if you could take her life out of her, her body would drop down here dead. It would still be here, but it would be, it wouldn't be active. But she'd finally decay and go away. Now, if that life goes out of the cancer, the cancer dies, the woman will be all right for about 72 hours, then when the cancer begins to decay or rot, then corruption sets in, and the cancer is laying in her, the girl dead is like a tumor or something, and a wad of flesh, and then... The heart stream, the blood stream picks it up and makes her have fever and sick for about 24 hours, something like that, maybe a little longer, and then she gets all right. But now watch here. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Is that right? How many says that's scripture? All right. The woman's a stranger to me. I don't remember what was told her because I don't, but I know it was cancer. But what I said was the truth, was it? Now, you're a stranger and we're both human. And you come here and you lay your hand on mine. Now, first thing, there's one witness that it, that it told you what was wrong or what was done or that was right, wasn't it? That's one witness. There's another witness that there's something physically taking place that you can see with your own eyes. Look, see a little, like a little watch running over my hand. See? see? Female disorder also. Isn't that right? You've had that for some time. I never seen you in my life, and how would I know that? You know there's a supernatural something anointing here, isn't it? Now, if I should take that, if it should lead you, that would stop. If it doesn't, I, I can't make it go. But do you believe me? Do you accept me as God's prophet? Jesus Christ is your healer. You do that? And believe it, I've told you the truth. Let us pray. Our audience, uh, this is a stubborn case of cancer. Whether it will leave or not, I do not know. I want her to watch. I want your eyes open watching my hand. May I lay... I want you to notice, lady, it isn't as somebody out there is thinking. Don't think this is mental telepathy. 
It is not. Now you get that out of your mind. Because it's not. Men of the left, they show something like this. You say you're reading a woman's mind. That's right. But I'm no mind reader. Jesus Christ read the people's mind. Is that right? He perceived their thoughts. But Jesus said, you ever see a mind reader preaching the gospel? Doing anything? You see him with a little old sign sitting out here on the street charging people to deceive them. But Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. A corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit, neither can a good tree bring forth corrupt fruit. Is that right? And it's not mental telepathy. It certainly is not. Now, as I say, see, you can't, you see, it's not the position, you, your hand's in, it's everywhere, see. But I want you to watch my hand. If it leaves, I want you to believe me. If it leaves, all right. If it doesn't, you the only thing I know, sister, is make peace, keep peace with God, go to meeting in peace. If it leaves you, you'll get well. Now, it's your faith in God that determines. But I shall help as way of praying. And see, if it would leave you, that would encourage you. See? But it would merely come again if you disbelieve. You've got to believe, just like in salvation, you've got to believe you're saved. Act upon it. But now, everyone bow your head. And if anyone's sitting near you, it's hard of hearing. You tell them to keep your head down during this time and do not raise your head until I call you. I want you, lady, the patient, to watch. You're the one that has the cancer. Our Heavenly Father, Thou knowest all things and know that I'm not here trying to make a public show to display Your divine gifts. But my heart is thrilled tonight to know that here in the city that your, your spirit has anointed your servant to see and to know these things. And here sits my people, my brothers, my mother, many of my loved ones who's sitting here. Oh God, how I thank thee that thou art ever near. And now this lady has come with the cancer, a hideous demon called in the medical name cancer. You would call it a demon, which it is a tormentor of her body, knowing that life is just a little while for her, except thou will help her. I pray thee to be merciful. I've asked now that this woman here might see and show the physical results and how my arm is stiffening and dying feels like it's, it's a sleep or something, of where the power of that enemy that's sent to take her life. God have mercy. Thou spirit of Satan who's bound a woman, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, leave her, come out from her. Uh, everyone with your heads bowed. I haven't opened my eyes, but lady, it hasn't changed, has it? It's just the same as it was. The cancer is still there, it's hidden. Now you have faith now. Let's pray. Everyone, bow your head now and keep in prayer. You are. Father, please, if I have did wrong, you forgive me. This enemy is trying to hold her eyes. Dear God, standing up yonder, you, the Spirit, who came to me that night in that room and told me to go do these things and you'd be with me, you have blessed it, Lord, and have proven it to be true. And now, Lord, I come humbly in your name to ask this blessing. And I don't want you, Father, please don't hold it against me. The child, I this would be a public show. But, Lord, bless this dear woman. And give her this great witness as she's watching my hand reverently, knowing that her life is just a few days more, unless thou will help her. And she'll go home encouraged and be made well. Bless thy servant, Lord. I testify to you. Now you have said in my name they shall cast out devils. 
help me as I go forward in this sphere of faith to challenge this great hideous demon that's taken her life. Thou demon called cancer, I come in the representative name of Jesus Christ that died at Calvary. I charge thee by his death, claiming a gift of divine healing that was ministered to me by an angel that you are aware of. Come out of the woman. In the name of Jesus Christ, leave her. Keep your head out of Now, lady, before I opened my eyes, something happened then, didn't it? Yeah. You can raise your head, everyone, before I do. Something's happened. <laughs> You're healed, lady. You know when it lets you. Go home now. You're going to be well. God bless you. Let's just say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, bring the lady here again just a moment, if you will. So that, come here, sister. I want the audience here to see my hand now. Come right back around this way to see what's happened. For the, now, while when I take a hold of your hand, big white whelps will run across my hand. Look at it now. <laughs> now, something's happened, hasn't it? Yeah. What's happened? You're healed. Go home, be well now, sister. Your faith has made you all. Let's say praise be to God. The Bible said the people praise God for such wonderful... That's not me. That's the Lord Jesus, your Savior. He's here at the platform. The very same acts that was in the Scriptures being done right here. Believest thou this? All right. Have faith. All right, come then. How do you very kind-looking person, I perceive a Christian. How would I know you were a Christian? You remember the Spirit was up on our Lord? That when Philip come to him, he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no God. Mother. He said, Whence knowest thou me? He said, When you were under the tree. And I know you when they told you you had heart trouble. Isn't that right? Now go and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus. You're going to be. Let's say praise the Lord. Let's hear this audience say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That sounds good. All right. Come now, bring the lady, if you will. Howdy do, sister. You and I are perfect strangers, aren't we? I do not know you. I want to speak to you just a moment. Something I sit moving before me. You have a fever. Mm-hmm. Cause a dream. That right? Now nobody at all would see that. Only Almighty God. Is that right? Raise your hand if that's true. Only Almighty God would know it. And what was told the lady just now when I seen her, what she was doing. And told it now. Is that right, lady? That's right. All right, you're healed. You have the need. You can go and be Let's say thanks be to our Lord Jesus. Everyone now. Amen. Have faith in God. God will bring it to pass. You believe? Our Lord Jesus is here now. Friends, I'm afraid you're not conscious of what's going on. The very God of eternity, the God who made the heavens and earth, the God that was upon our Lord Jesus, brought him from the dead, anointed him, and he went about doing good, is here in this 
auditorium in Jeffersonville, Indiana tonight. He's here now. Be reverent. Believe with all your heart. All right, bring the lady. Everyone real reverent. All right, come. You're the, you're the lady. All right, come here just a moment. How do you do, sister? You're a believer. Well aware of where you're standing now. Now that will not hurt you, see. That's to do you good. Now, there's something wrong with you. You are, I see you crossing a street and you're getting down kind of slow. You have on a light looking dress and you lean back. It's arthritis, isn't it? Is that right? Arthritis? You get out of the bed of a morning, I see you kind of move slowly, don't you, because you can't hardly get up. But you have believed. You accept me as God's prophet? Raise up your hands in the name of the Lord. Stomp your feet up and down. The arthritis leads you. Go off the platform here in your practice. book saying thank the Lord and go ahead on. Let's say praise the Lord like this, everybody. Give God praise. All right, have faith. Come, ladies. How do you do, ladies? You're trying to believe, aren't you, ladies? I have faith. I know what's wrong with you. But if you just get a little more faith, you'll be able to get up from there and go home. I have faith. How do you do, lady? You're the one that's come. You're the patient. I don't think it's strange. I see a table coming before me. It's got food on it, and you're refusing it. You have stomach trouble, which is caused by an acid condition, a peptic, which is in the stomach, caused by a nervous condition, causing your food to sour and have acid in your stomach and so forth. Do you believe me as God's prophet? Is that true? You, is that right? Do you believe me as his prophet? Go home and eat what you want to. Jesus Christ makes you whole. God bless you, lady. Let's say praise the Lord. All right, bring, bring the lady. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. How do you do, sister? You believe that me as God's servant? If I am able to know your life by the Spirit of God, then I I be God's servant. You believe that? You also are suffering with a stomach trouble. You have a female disorder too, don't you? Isn't that right? What do you think happened then? You were healed, go off the platform, he made well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't sit down or fear anymore, just go believe him. You believe with all your heart? How many of you believe out there? Poor old colored lady here, laying on a stretcher, holding her hand. You believe, Andy? With all your heart? You believe I'll be God's servant? Remember, 1900 years ago, coming, dragging down through the streets of Jerusalem, come a old rugged cross, 
dragging out the bloody footprints of the barrier. On his road up to Calvary, his little frail body fell under the load. Simon, the serene, came by and helped him bear the cross. He knows what's wrong with you. You believe it? You accept me as God's prophet? You believe that I tell the truth? You're suffering with a heart condition, isn't that right? You believe with all your heart? If you do, rise up. Take up what you're on. Go on home. Rise up. Come, bow, raise up. My carry up in the name of the Lord. What about you? What do you on this stretcher here? You believe with all your heart? Lady, what do you on this stretcher here? What do you think? Do you believe with all your heart? You believe I'll be God's prophet? You accept me as God's prophet? Do you want to tell you? You're in a dying condition of cancer. Is that right? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise to your feet and he'll give you strength and you can take your cotton and go home. You believe it? Rise up. Raise your up out of bed. Accept Jesus Christ and make you whole. For all of you as well. 